3: It's Tuesday, it's Hockey Talk time. That's right everyone, Patrick O'Dowd and David Ungar here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the TheChairshot.com where we encourage you to always use your head.
0: TheChairshot.com, always use your head. And we
3: are here for another edition of Chairshot Radio Hockey Talk, but man, you know, we're recorded here on Sunday, the the eighteenth, and first of all, Hanukkah blessings.
2: Thank you. Happy holiday season to you too, sir.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um uh, but we just we just finished watching the World Cup final. And uh it's funny, everybody in America is a, is a football fan. Uh all sorry, a soccer a, fan. All of a sudden all of a sudden, today. Yeah. Today everybody loves soccer. I will say thrilling game thrilling finale i actually didn't catch most of the game i was busy getting my hair cut
2: and so That's good yeah
3: you know and
2: uh, um i guess we're gonna do a little soccer talk here but we, uh, we might as well do some soccer when did talk you, it's the news of the day when did you come into the game like what was the score <laughs> I, oh it was
3: it was in the overtime like it was it was tied three to three so um uh,
2: I mean, I'll tell you from my perspective, It for 79 minutes, it was really Argentina. I mean, and they were in control and nothing, you know, France couldn't break down the defense. It was like the old New Jersey Devils neutral zone trap. You know, they just couldn't break through. One guy got a run. There was a penalty and Mbappe put the penalty in and everything changed. They scored. He got a second goal a minute and a half later. And from then on out, it was, yeah, it was probably the greatest soccer game I've seen. And my wife, who doesn't like sports, was... She was like watching it with me. She goes, this isn't boring at all. I'm like, no, it's as intense as you're going to get. And it just kept going. And then Messi's got him and it's going to be the World Cup. They're going to win again and again. There's a handball penalty and man. Yeah, I (laughs) I've seen a lot of soccer games, but that one might be the best one I've ever seen with that much on the line. Jeez.
3: Yeah, it was a it was a heck of a finish and it's it kind of blew my mind really to To look at that and and just the drama involved. I, and I was I was texting with you towards the end because you asked me if I was if I was watching the game. And we in the what, was the hundred nineteenth minute, yes. I think hundred eighteenth hundred nineteenth minute. France looks like they are going to punch one in, put it all away, and the save, the kick save followed by the header out. Like, that's the thing is the goalie makes the kick a beautiful, brilliant, as they say, brilliant save with his left foot. I don't even know how he contorted his body to stop that shot, but he does it. And then uh, another Argentinian player in the right place heads it out, gets it out of danger to save the game. Because if that, that goes through, my, my goodness devastation for the argentinians yeah
2: and then like 40 seconds later the Argentinian player has a shot at a header to a uh, in a good position and he and he, he just yeah
3: he it. just he just can't get his head around to, to actually put the put the shot in place so yeah like crazy town um crazy town yeah we get the games, way that works
2: when so. you get games like that that are you know it really you can see why the world's so passionate about it and we're, we're getting there i think the u.s it may never it's never going to replace hockey probably but um right you know i think i think there's mls has helped i mean that yeah the last like right. <laughs> it's felt like an mls game it was kind of wide open but uh i think that's helping a little bit but it yeah that was um I mean, good for Lionel Messi, you know, to to finally break through and get that title.
3: Yeah, get get that get that proverbial monkey off of the back. Yeah, you know, long time coming, and of course, I love our our world of hyperbole because in our world of hyperbole, now of course, the game that everybody's playing is he the greatest of all time, and I, I mean, I don't know, he's won everything he could possibly want in in the sport. Um as someone who is not as in touch with you know, football like i couldn't tell you so yeah i feel I, the
2: same know. i can't i mean it's some, like it, like
3: everybody argues it's it's a general i always i hate the greatest of all time argument in any because i don't think it's a fair fight or argument and, and this is what's funny because we've had it in other sports on the chair shot right like we've fought over michael jordan versus wow. lebron coke or any number of greatest athletes of all time and sports just like anything they it changes so much the way a game is played changes so much and like i know somebody like my favorite era of baseball is the is the late 50s early 60s when the influx of talent really changes and you get that era of mantle may sandy koufax jackie robinson um, you know, just icons of the, of the sport, Roberto Clemente, who for my, is, is one of my idols as an outfielder, just one of the greatest arms you will ever see. And, you know, modern fans are starting to forget about those guys and be like, or their argument is, well, they couldn't play today. Well, you don't know that because they weren't born today. It's not their fault. They were born in, you know, 18 whatever and 20 something in the 1930s and
2: Fastball is a fastball, you know.
3: Well, but it, but the game's a different game. It's played different. Too. It like, you know, so I would argue that Willie Mays could play in any era, just like his skill and the way that he could play. Willie Mays could play in any era. Ted Williams could probably play in any era. Mickey Mantle could probably play in any era. But on the whole, when you're arguing greatest of all time, it's very subjective to the era in which they're playing. And so it's I always like the art to kind of arbitrarily argue. At the very least, the greatest of their era versus greatest of all time, because greatest of all time, I don't think is a fair question to ask. And yet here we are in a hockey podcast and we have yet to bring up hockey in any way. Well,
2: all your discussion of the greatest is a nice segue. Oh,
3: yeah. Well, so here's the thing. We already had this conversation, Caps fan, like last week. So I get it. And we're going to talk about it because you can't not talk about Alex Ovechkin securing a hat trick to get his 800th goal against the the Chicago Blackhawks, the team I foolishly declared a playoff team. They're not good, Pat. They're good they, they're, they're not good, and it it, it sure helped Ovi get his 800th goal, which puts him in rarefied air, Will, alongside what is it, Gretzky and how how Gordy Howe um as the only three uh hockey players in the nhl to score 800 goals in a career and there's a shot at gretzky um especially if he keeps scoring like this he it's funny there's a beautiful picture there's he's on the front page of uh cbs's nhl page right now it's like three pictures of alex or two pictures of the ovechka one with the helmet where he just looks grizzled and old and then one without the helmet where boy howdy he is he's, you know what he look, his his hair resembles yours my friend.
2: he does and i think he's taking the same uh, attitude about coloring his hair that i kind of did it's like why bother after a certain point it's like why bother anymore you know it's like you know what, what's what's the point to try and look younger when well i'm a lot older than alex is and not nearly as successful but um yeah i i i, I think coming and, and kudos to the blackhawks fans the chicago fans were very classy about the whole thing and, and chanting Ovi and and i think you know it's just 800 goals is i mean you knew it was coming i don't know if we knew it was going to come in one game like that but uh you know now you're waiting for 801 and and um and he's had a couple of home games and he's too busy you know with assists now to bother scoring goals so i don't know but oh.
3: Yeah, but we, it's, we're, it's a if you recall, moment. we looked at his career. He's got some work to do on the assist front oh, to, yeah. to climb yeah, up that, that way. That's
2: that's <laughs> not happening. That's not happening. But uh, I expect probably this week he'll tie and perhaps pass Gordy Howe. Um, I know they want it to happen at home, um, but
3: yeah, yeah, I mean you can't. It's hard to it's hard to manage that stuff though, right? Yeah. Like, like, I know what you want to do, Caps, but you also you're you're there to win hockey games, so
2: they have been doing that so they, they this whole thing has coincided with them what I think they've won six of seven so they're like a point out of the wild card so they're playing well Um, Charlie oh, Lind- yeah. Charlie Lindgren I was going to ask you was he this good in St. Louis because man since he took over for Kemper when Kemper got hurt he has just been light first star of the week last week I think and he's been like really really the anchor of this turnaround has been lingering as much as Ovechkin
3: well the Blues had to Doug Armstrong had to make a lot of decisions after the Blues won the Stanley Cup. And and in the subsequent uh, subsequent years and kind of making decisions as to who um, who stayed and who went. It's it's always been puzzling to me because just when I think I've got to figure it figured out as to what you know, what we're gonna do, we turn around and you know, we we trade away people that I think should, should stay. And yeah, I think, um, unfortunately that was, that was one of the decisions where I, I think we had to we had we had kind of a, uh, how do you describe it? We had a, a almost an embarrassment of riches where we had to make a decision between, um, Lindgren and, um, Lindgren and Bennington. And Bennington did well enough to to make it seem like he was too valuable to let go, and so that's how you end up with Charlie Lindgren. No,
2: so, you're welcome. Him. I'll t- thank you. I like nope. his. I love his mustache too. It's 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 a thing of beauty. So
3: it's epic. It is. Uh, let's see what else happened. I I know the other thing I wanted to talk about um,
2: because it just
3: it, we we I we keep joking, In the second half of the show we were gonna. We're going to do like giving, you know, a couple of holiday gifts to some teams or or whatever. And I'm going to I'm going to spoil one of my gifts because I got to talk about this article. Uh, Suddenly, everybody wants Ryan Reynolds to own sports teams. But like and the thing I love about Ryan Reynolds is like he just kind of is like, okay, I'll play along. And so now the a lot of chatter. I don't know if it's real chatter around him jumping in on an ownership group for the Ottawa Senators? I don't know. What do, what do, what do we got to lose? Like, he says that he would, um, i try to read how he describes himself I want to make sure I get the quote right. He said that he would be a frothy, rabies-infused fan if he joined the Ottawa Senators. So at least you'd have enthusiasm around the program, I guess. But is this just him? playing up an interview question or is there smoke
2: here you know maybe the whole Wrexham thing is giving him the bug uh so to speak to be more involved in sports and and, and an ownership capacity and and I think the senators are probably if you look at opportunities out there to buy franchises uh the senators are going to be on the low end of the franchise value chart so probably a, 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 at least a semi doable entry point you know I've, When you compare that to like the Washington commanders, are they for sale? Aren't they? Are they not for sale? You're talking a lot of (laughs) different franchise value there. So I, you know, I think maybe if he, if he is interested, if the whole Rexham thing has kind of got him thinking, you know, this is a lot of fun. I need to be more involved. Maybe, um, I I don't know how big in the hockey Ryan, I don't know if you need to even be that big in the hockey to be a hockey owner. Um, but. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, such I think, an it, interesting I think
3: character. it, I think it, hel- I, I think it helps to have an understanding of that as to how so, the sport works. Absolutely. If you're going to be, if you're going to be an owner and work in the front office, you, you do need to have, and that's any sport, my friend, like any sport should be like that. Um, uh, it, it'll be great publicity for Ottawa. If this is a real thing and that can't be bad sitting down here and you know, next to last in the Atlantic division. So at 14 and 14, like, you know, at least they're,
2: they've been ever since you called them competitive, out Yeah, you called them out and they started playing better. So maybe, well, we they listened
3: to the program. Yeah.
2: They said, God damn that. Oh, We're going to show him crudging. Right. That's, that's, what, that's what, bastard. Happened. We're going to show him how good we
3: no You know, not a lot of shifting around in the standings to, to make note of, uh, this week. So I think we will. Uh, we'll jump into our lone commercial break today and start handing out a couple of holiday gifts. I've only got two that I want to give out today, one to my own team, and then we'll we'll get back into uh, the Ottawa Senators. Because I, I guess I've taken them up as, as my team of choice to uh, to hopefully lift up out of the dreads. So uh, what do you think? Think we can give away some holiday gifts? You can give out a couple of Hanukkah presents. Uh, I know I can, those are generally smaller gifts.
2: Yeah, I can uh, I can probably find a couple of gifts to give out. So
3: there you go, cool. All right. Well, before we head into our recorded commercials, I do want to remind you all with this spoken commercial that if you like what we do here at the Chair Shot Radio Network and you like what we do on the Chairshot.com, then head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. And consider supporting us by purchasing a chair shot shirt we have all kinds of great designs to choose from everything from show you know shirts that represent the shows to the chair shot logo to sayings from various personalities it's all there shirts are only 19.99 but if you're feeling fancy you want something that feels nice on your giblets spend a few dollars more get it soft style your body will thank you we love doing this every single day putting this content over your internet airwaves and the easiest way we can make that happen is for you to put our brand out there and support us yes financially as well we really appreciate all the support and help and the best way you can give that support and help is that over pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot when we come back dave and i are going to hand out a few holiday gifts to some franchises around the nhl you are listening to hockey talk
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out,
4: TheChairShot.com.
3: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Hockey Talk here on the ChairShot Radio Network. And it is the holiday season. It is the season of giving. Whether you're celebrating Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and any of those other 20-some-plus holidays that happen during the month of December and into January, it's the peace, love, and giving part that we're going to participate in today, as Dave and I are going to hand out a couple of gifts to some NHL franchises. And Dave, I want to I take it, I don't know if you did any work on this. Prior to today. Uh, he sort of got. He's got the haves he's going. Um, I can. I can own that. Uh, I, I knew that there were two gifts in particular. I wanted to make sure that I. That I gave away. Uh, to, to some franchises. And I'll give you a couple of seconds. To recollect. Because I'm just going to circle back. To our previous conversation. I would like to give the gift. Of stable ownership. To the Ottawa Senators, and if that means Ryan Reynolds is part of that stabilizing factor, then so be it. I, it's just it, it's it's tough to it's tough to run a franchise when there's no rudder on the ship, and it just seems like they're sort of spinning their wheels and are going around in circles as they try to sell this team. And and even if it's something kind of outside the box, if it's going to work for Wrexham, uh. Maybe, like like I said in the previous segment, maybe Ryan Reynolds is on schedule. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what we got to do. So, Ottawa, that's my gift to you: ownership before the end of February.
2: That's optimistic, but it, it could happen. Hey, you know what?
3: I'm trying. They've been they've been talking about trying to sell this thing since the end of last season. So,
2: well, I think well, I'd like to give the gift of getting the hell out of Chicago to either Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze. because those two <laughs> guys do not belong there. Uh, and, and watching that game with the caps where Ovechkin got 800 the other night. Uh, yeah. Kane and Taze are like the only things that are going right for Chicago. They're, they're still playing hard. They're still invested, but that team has like no defense uh, Peter Mrazic, who was the, you know, the bane of the Caps' existence in that series against Carolina a few years ago, uh, just looked shell shocked in that game. And and I think there are so many teams that could use Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. And it, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not a Blackhawks fan. I don't hate them like you do, but I don't want to see them get split up necessarily. But they both, there's so many teams that could use, you know, think about the teams that could use either or them. The Rangers jump to mind. Um, you know the islanders jump to mind the penguins um even teams at the top bruins man you put one of those guys on the bruins and they're going to be untouchable the devils have stumbled a little bit they could use somebody so when you just look at where the blackhawks are trending and you look at those two guys who just they're gonna play their 1000th game together coming up in a day or two um it's and and they've had tremendous success it's like okay I think it's time for you boys to move on to greener pastures right now cuz the Blackhawks are going nowhere.
3: Right. But those guys are institutions in the city of Chicago. And I think that's I think that's such I they I think that there they, the pull for them to stay has been part of what's kept them in Chicago. Like Patrick Kane can write his own check.
2: Again. Anywhere you want, and, and you right. punch his own ticket. And, and you're right; they are synonymous with that franchise, and everything that franchise with three titles in six years or whatever it was, and, um, and they were at the center of all that.
3: And that's not right. And it's not to say that um that you know you can't move on from a player. I mean, hell, Wayne Gretzky left the Oilers, <laughs> um, so it's not like it's 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 prohibitive. Or you know, I still remember being devastated when Brett Hull left the Blues like that just i never thought that would ever happen in a million years and and that's what i think is interesting about kane i patrick kane in particular for some reason like of the two that you named patrick kane just it was funny when i was watching them play the caps i was like i had forgotten that patrick kane still was playing hockey like but i would have just been like naturally he's still with the uh with with the Blackhawks because it just seems to fit him belong.
2: I was going to ask you um, if you yep. have experienced this as well. Tarasenko, the trade rumors for him seem to be picking up uh, a little geez. bit.
3: Yeah, um, I think he gets traded. I do too,
2: because otherwise he's going to leave and they're going to get nothing. So you might as well get something for him.
3: Yeah, well, and it's it's he is here's the thing. I, I think I said this last year last year when this was surrounding where he he said he wanted out he said he wanted out the blues didn't trade him the blues didn't do anything to get rid of him and he was a good fucking soldier for that team he has still been a solid soldier for the blues now i get that part of that is to keep his value up so that if if we do keep him until the post you know until after the season's over then just let him walk like you're just letting him walk. But I, from, from, from my perspective, you got a guy who doesn't want to be there. He's been vocal about it. He's doing everything he can to help the team while he's still there. So he's not totally screwing you over. Take advantage of the trade chip, Even if you're trading him as a rental to another team and then they have to resign him. But like, what is the point of keeping this guy in a team that's floundering? Like, Sure, we're still in the playoff picture, but are we really? Are the Blues really in the playoff picture at you know 500 and being a feast or famine? You win three, you lose four, you win five, you lose seven, you win eight, you lose three. Like the team is not consistent at all. And I I think you should trade them, I think you should trade them, get some value, get some prospects. Some guys that can start down at the AHL or whatever, and work your way up, and rebuild this. This team needs to go full rebuild, because my other gifts uh, that I had was for my St. Louis Blues. That's leadership on the ice. There's it's a lead. by not re-signing Ryan O'Reilly, you pulled the heart out of this team, and said we we we're moving on entirely. Like to me. Doug Armstrong has pulled the plug on this iteration of the blues and Craig Berube is doing the best he can right now with the team that he's got that knows that the investment in their leadership was in Jordan Cairo. And I'm going to forget the other guy that we signed for, I think it was like 8 million um, in the off season. Like we focused on two younger guys that we're saying are our core and they're struggling to be those leaders. I mean, the blues need a leader uh they need somebody on the ice. And I don't even know who that name is. I don't know who's out there that could do it cuz I, I think it needs to be a defenseman too. Cuz the Blues can't defend. That's their problem. They they don't defend at all. They're terrible at it. So, my other gift was to my St. Louis Blues and and it's it's leadership. They they desperately need
2: leadership. Well, if I'm going to be gifting something to my guys, uh just I I'm Gifting them Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom coming back sooner rather than later. I saw, I saw Tom Wilson in the locker room, uh, post game after OV got 800. Um, he looks pretty healthy to me. I know ACL surgery is nothing to laugh at or takes a long time to come back, but you know, the Caps have got watching them lately. Uh, the younger guys are a little bit better than I know they're still the second oldest team in the league, but the younger guys kind of played really well. Um, You get a physical presence like Tom Wilson, whether you like the guy or not, think he's a goon or not. He's a big, physical, imposing presence who can score. And he redefines that team. And Backstrom, one of the greatest assist men of all time. You get those two guys back, the way they're playing lately. Um, if Lindgren, you know, and who knows what happens with Kemper when he gets back. But I think Lindgren, he's like the Taylor Heineke of the Caps.
3: i had to pause for a second.
2: So yeah, like I was, I think I think Charlie Lindgren is now the. Uh, what are you guys doing? It was all quiet, and then want, I just mentioned Charlie Lindgren. I said he's the Taylor Heineke of the Capitals, and and uh. And
3: that's you did it.
2: So anyway, that's I, I I give me the gift of those two guys coming back, and and maybe maybe the Caps are not going to be quite as shitty as I thought they were. They're still they're still shitty. It's like the groundskeepers at May League.
3: I, I would argue this though, they're at least in the mix your team's in the mix, my team does not seem to be in the mix. Um, so I you know we still got a whole half a season. By the way, what do you think of I, I got one other question. what do you think of the possibility of the season expanding? I
2: was gonna ask to you uh, was you. It, 80, 84 games? Yeah, I don't I mean, it's 2 games extra. I don't see the big deal about right. it. I know it creates the ability to create more regional rivalry matchups, but I you know, I I don't know, man. Eighty-two games is is kinda long anyway. I'm not sure I'm in favor of expanding it. I mean it's two games, so really what does it hurt? <laughs> right? Right. But it's not like we're Oh we're my gosh, the
3: season's so long. It's like Ugh. I mean if
2: they're going to ninety-two, that'd be like, okay, maybe that's a bit much, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't care. If they want to go an extra couple of games, if it's gonna create some in their minds some better rivalries, some better matchups, better regional coverage that might translate to television better. Then that's cool. Um, I, I will. <laughs> I don't know what you thought of the ESPN broadcast. Was it Chelio, Steve Levy, and and Mark Messier for Ovechkin getting eight hundred? They're okay. They're not Doc Emrick and and you know those guys. Right. So, but they're all right.
3: I like. uh hey, I like Steve Levy as I as do an too, answer. I think. I think that of of the people you named in that booth, Steve Levy is solid. Knows his knows his stuff and
2: the ones who were like was it gary clement and somebody else like years ago who were uh i mean they were like when when i know i don't want to bring up bad memory like when eiserman scored against uh against st louis at overtime goal that announced team i forget who they were but they were they were really good too
3: yeah i'm i've quietly tried to block those sorts of memories from from my my life so why would you sorry why would you bring up pain why that's that's you know what I'm going to end the show because of that. Like, I think it's,
2: that hurts. I'm sorry, Pat. I was, I was just trying to, it was the first memory that came right. into my head. Those guys is like,
3: I will say, I will, I will say that in 84 I take back, Gretzky season, getting,
2: Gretzky getting 802. They were also the announcers yeah. for that one.
3: Right. So I, I honestly, I don't know who they were. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I, I was, I was, but a spring chicken Gary, then.
2: Gary Thorne would, and Bill Clement. Is that it? That sounds right. Maybe. That's how. yeah, very, very possible
3: um 84 games though back to that back to that point yeah i i i thought it was just such a weird like two games like because when i first looked at the news story i was like um isn't it already 84 games? And then, oh it's two games 82 games so uh, yeah i guess whatever if if it generates uh, a couple more rivalry games that brings in Few people through the turnstiles. I'm sure that's the goal and what they're looking for. And, yeah, you gotta, and if that's what you need to do, you gotta that's what you got to do.
2: You got to figure they're looking at the schedule and there's something uneven about it. And they're like, "Hey, we need to add two games to even this thing out." Even though like the rest of us, right? Are like, where, but maybe who knows?
3: You know what I would like them to do, Dave, is not have such a wonky start to the season where somebody plays one week or one day and then doesn't play, you know, for like a week and a half while other teams play four games. Right off the bat, so you'll know, fix that first NHL. That's my gift. My other, my final gift, a schedule that makes goddamn sense. That's going to be my last gift to the NHL, and that's going to be where we're going to wrap Gary up. Gary Bateman Talk. is
2: like Patrick. We're giving you eighty-four games. What do you
3: make it make sense, Gary Bateman? That's what you need to do. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Hockey Talk. Uh, before we get out of here, Dave, tell everybody where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the socials.
2: You can find me on Twitter at AttitudeAg, that is at attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash attitude of aggression.
3: And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Catch me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Mondays with Dave and a cavalcade of nerds doing some nerdy stuff on bandwagon nerds. Just me and Dave on Tuesday, talking hockey or music. And on Wednesdays, I jump over with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco show to talk some wrestling. That's going to do it for this week's edition of hockey talk. Thank you very much, everyone for listening. Happy holidays. We, uh, not sure what we're doing the next couple of weeks, folks, with it being Christmas Eve and new year's Eve, we may take a break. We may not, who knows, we're gonna leave it all up in the air. Ooh. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you next time on Hockey Talk, part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on the ChairShot.com.
0: And a hush over eighty-eight thousand nine hundred and sixty-six fans at Lucille Stadium, Gonzalo Montiel can win the World Cup for Argentina with this kick. sent down the length of the ice. to say it's touched, so it will not be icing. For Jack, Mantha centers in front, next up had the shot. Kuznetsov
4: and there it is,
0: 800. Alexander Ovechkin has done it.
4: And here come the hats and the team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have just witnessed the 800th goal for Alex Ovechkin. Only the third player in National Hockey League history to reach that mark. Yeah, <laughs> it, it with a hat trick. Yeah, and let's give the Chicago fans some credit here. You think, you, you think you're you in Washington, they're seeing history here, amazing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
2: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.